Park hoppers and Imagineers, chauffeurs and VIPs, you are now tuned in to the Disney Holic Show. Hello and welcome to the Disney Holic Show. That's Jen Diz. And that's Mike TV. Today, we're joined by Trader Brandon to hear about life in the theme park and entertainment business. But first, it's time to get bougie and share our tips on having the ultimate VIP Disney vacation. my goodness before we get into everything something disney came up this morning that i was so surprised about that i had to share with you well kind of disney oh so i have a quick trivia question for you what is the biggest box office opening animated film of all time what's your animated biggest box box office opening weekend i for some reason, want to say Lion King. That's a good guess. That was up there for a long time, for quite a long time. Okay. And then like 2000s came and all this, the new crop of movies came and Pixar came, started pushing that down. So the biggest, the biggest box office animated film opening of all time is Super Mario Brothers. Uh, yep. Oh, geez, we're back on that it, one. It okay. beat, yeah, it beat out everything. And there's all these funny articles. Like everyone's trying wow. to comfort Disney, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, you better watch out." Uh, but it is funny that that it did. And it's what's surprising too is it wasn't a sequel, but in a way, it is a franchise. Um, yeah. The one before that was Frozen Part Two. I was that was my first thought. I was like, okay, Frozen was so big, but you said opening. So, and I was, of course, thinking Disney. I didn't even have an option for <laughs> Right, as we all would. Um, That's why it's so strange. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it beat out Frozen 2. It knocked it out of its spot. Other ones that are up there are, like, uh, Incredibles 2 and other Disney Pixar things. So, this is... I mean, I guess it makes sense. We're in this, like, generation of nostalgia and fan service and... Like, especially for our generation of people, it's really big right now. So if any time Super Mario should have come out with a movie, it's right now. So yeah. they know exactly what they're doing. And it has the <laughs> Disney ethos where Nintendo as a brand, not just Mario, is one of those generational things as well. Like you pass it down, your kids, there's a new console. So it just keeps going and going. And then everybody plays like Mario Kart Park 15 or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. So it's and probably they even gonna- have those like... Little mini consoles with all the old games yeah. on it, you know? Like, people are into playing those, too. So, yeah, so yeah that it, makes sense. It's in. People are loving it. Um, but it's great news for Universal because they're building Epic Universe, that theme park over in Orlando, which is going to have a whole Super Nintendo area. So I just love the competition because that means we get good things on both sides. Disney, Universal, give it to us. Yes. Yeah. And er, tomorrow, I mean, not tomorrow, earlier, I mean, not earlier. Oh, my God, I can't talk today. Later today, we are going to be meeting with Trader Brandon, who is working on the Epic Universe project. So I think that's exciting. And we'll hear more about that later. 
Yeah, and speaking of, we had some amazing Patreon topics come in. So thank you to all of our patrons for all of the support and these amazing topics. Uh, we got two to cover today. One is How to Become an Imagineer uh, by Christina. And she sent this in for us to discover, and that's where you'll be hearing Trader Brandon come in a little bit later. And then we also have another topic that's coming up first, and that's what that came from Jillian. Well, I can't talk either. <laughs> this is not going to be... And, uh, this is is be, Mercury you know, a retrograde? In Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, this one comes from Jillian, and it said, I would love to know what your dream bougie Disney trip for adults would include. So we get to build our most bougiest Disney trip ever. We love a bougie Disney trip. And I think what's exciting about the notes that I started putting together for us to talk about is not everything that we're going to talk about costs a ton of money. So it also tells me that bougie and VIP and luxury is also a state of mind. And you have to allow yourself to have that. Like you have to 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 let go sometimes and relax a little bit. I think that's part of having a bougie vacation is not to stress out. And that we can't control. Yes. So we just recommend do whatever you can to, you know, let things slide off your back and have a non-stressful trip. I think that's the number one important thing. Oh, my gosh. Thing. When you put it that way, then most of my Disney trips are bougie. There you go. See, you know, when we walk, when we have that uh, AP brain, AP brain right? exactly, <laughs> it makes it feel a lot bougier. So uh, with that, I'm going to share some tips on both coasts. So if people are going to Disneyland or Disney World, there's some options there. So uh, one of the things that you and I have in common, Jen, is that we've experienced luxury on both coasts. So why don't we start with hotels? Uh, so Grand Californian and Disneyland, obviously that's the ultimate VIP luxurious hotel that you can get in Anaheim on the Disney property. And then you can take it a step further and stay at club level. Now, do you remember what club level was like? How could I forget? <laughs> oh my God, we were sitting in the lap of luxury for like a week or something. I don't even know how long we were there. It was the best thing ever. Um, first off, I... I've fought that fight many times where I'm like, oh, you know, it's not like it's not that much closer to the parks than like the other hotels off the the other entrance of like the harbor entrance of Disneyland. So like I don't need to spend five, six hundred dollars to stay. And that's like not even club level. That's like regular. And I could say these other hotels. And then I finally stay at the Grand California. I'm like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> it's like in the park. It does feel different. It's not even like beyond all the other stuff of being fancy, like just literally being on property and in the bubble of Disney, it makes a big difference. It really, really does. So absolutely, yeah. I remember that. And I do also remember club level and getting all those free skewers. <laughs> yep. So with club level, <laughs> depending on the hotel, whether it's Florida or California, they're going to have a lounge that you can go. And I think ours at Grand California was called the Veranda Lounge, if I'm correct. And yes. they have everything, complimentary food and drinks, and they change them out throughout the day, other amenities. And then they also have like a concierge desk that's dedicated to club level guests. And they will try to do their best to get you anything that you need. Ask a question and they will try. And it was great. Like we had some questions about moving to a different room and they did everything they could. We also tried to add an extra night at the last minute when everything was sold out and they made it happen. So um, so that is nice. And I, I like what you said about the bubble because Disneyland is one of the places where we really don't ever experience that bubble. 
So it felt even right. more of a contrast because we've been doing Disneyland for decades. And <laughs> right. then all of a sudden it felt like bougie Disney World a little bit. I was like, oh, okay. So that is, right. a, that is a great tip if people want to do that in California. And then over in Orlando, they have the sister hotel, the Grand Floridian. And then they have a lot of other deluxe resorts at uh, in the Orlando area on Disney property. And so those have club levels as well. And then there's also, if you want to take it up another notch, you can go a little bit off brand and do something like the Four Seasons, which is still on Disney property and is a Disney partner. So you get all the freebies that come with it, like magic early entry and all that good stuff. Um, But yeah, you could even do like a Four Seasons or a Ritz if you want to try something like that. The nice part about Four Seasons is it's within the Golden Oak neighborhood in Disney World. So you get to drive or have your Uber take you through the Golden Oak neighborhood. I mean, can you get any bougier than that? I don't know. (laughs) Right? I don't think so. And then at the resorts, there's also really, really good restaurants. And so if we're talking bougie and VIP here, this is where you want to go and look for signature dining. So most of the resorts have a signature dining if they're deluxe. They have one or two on property. And the one that's probably the most famous and recently reopened in Florida is called Victoria and Albert's. And that's at the Grand Floridian. It's one of the few AAA Five Diamond Award winning restaurants in the United wow. States, and it is there in Disney World. Wow! Yeah. Uh, so it's in Disney World. That's in crazy. Disney World, so that is a place that you could check out. And then we had done a really cool restaurant experience at Napa Rose in California Adventure. I mean, California Grand 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 California. God, these <laughs> names! I can't. Yeah, what was it called? Chefs. Table chef's or chef's table. counter or something? Yes. That was that felt super VIP. Oh my god, it was so cool. Like they just kind of treat you like you are like they're cooking dinner for you. They aren't just like cooking at this restaurant somewhere in the back. It's like they come up to you and be like, What kind of person are you? What are your taste buds like? Let's talk about it for a minute. And then they just go crazy and make you a bunch of different little meals. It's so cool. So nice. Yeah. Highly recommend that. that Terrible explanation of the experience, but no, I I thought that was a great. That's a great explanation. It it feels like private, even though you're in the middle of the hustle bustle of the restaurant. It felt intimate with the chef right right there. Um, So yeah, look for signature dining. It's really cool. You'll get like good cuisine. You'll get good food. If you uh, are a wine drinker, most of the signature restaurants at all the resorts have great wine menus and nice ambiance. So that's a nice way to have a little bit of a bougie uh, meal out. Yeah. And I keep hearing about California Grill, which is on top of the contemporary, right? So that's an amazing view of the Magic Kingdom. You go there during firework time. And supposedly it's amazing food as well. But I have not been there yet. Have you been there? I have been there a um, long time ago. I want to say like 2007. It was my very first Disney World trip. And it has oh, since cool. been renovated. Menus different. So it's a lot different. But yeah, of course, the view is incredible. You can see right yeah. into Magic Kingdom from up there. Pretty cool. Very, very <laughs> cool. Um, Doesn't get much better than that. So there's the resorts, there's dining. Now, the ultimate VIP would probably be what? The VIP tour itself. So we call that like the plaids, right? 
Yes. I mean, some people do. (laughs) So if you're out there listening and you've seen people walk around with the plaid vests or plaid outfits in the park with a small group of people, those are VIP tours. And you could book those. They're personalized. It comes with a private guide. You get to jump right onto some of the attractions. They try to tailor the itinerary to you and your group um, and essentially try to maximize your time so that you can get the most out of you out of it as you want so i've never done that you have done that with a group right yeah i did it with a group of 20 so a large group shout out to disneyland nurse for putting that together um but we had a really good experience Uh, we also shout out to our vip tour guide philander because he got on instagram and we had a a group chat in uh, via instagram for like i don't even know like weeks before our tour just like able to ask him whatever questions we want like if he had any special requests we could put him in there like he was just full service for like weeks ahead of time so yeah they really do aim to take care of you and really you know make sure you have the best experience possible which is awesome nice yeah so that's like ultimate vip there that's literally what celebrities do when they go to the park so if you want that bougie experience that could be um, a tip for you. Now, there's something I forgot to mention about the resorts, which is most of the fancy resorts are not just called resorts. They're called resort and spa. So I was very yeah. surprised that you were skipping right over <laughs> I that. Know. I know. <laughs> so, yes, back to resorts for a second. Most of the resorts, not most, I would say a handful of them, of the deluxe, have a spa on site. And there's different names for it. Sometimes it's called Senses or Mandara. And those are definitely worth it if you want to splurge and have a massage or a facial or a blowout and then also enjoy some of the sauna and amenities they have. It's really good at Disney World when you're there for a long time and you want to have like an afternoon to yourself and relax and indulge in that kind of stuff. So that's really good. And then I had mentioned in Orlando, they have the other hotels like Four Seasons. I actually prefer those spas over the Disney ones. I would say the price is about the same, but they're a lot bigger and they feel more luxurious uh, because, okay. you know, it is the Four Seasons and those really ritzy hotels. Um, and I've done that without staying there. I booked a, a spa appointment, gone to the Four Seasons. Then you get to use all of their facilities throughout the whole day. So that's another tip that you get along with a service or a treatment. Uh, so, yeah, that's another luxurious way you can enjoy the resorts. So back okay, to cool. the theme parks. There are things called dessert parties, and that's another way to sort of luxuriate or at least feel VIP because it's a special area. It's a special uh, uh, add-on that you have to pay for, and then it gets you a nice view of whatever the entertainment is that the dessert party is attached to. So, like, they have the fireworks dessert party, um, which I don't know. I've, I've walked by them. They look a little bit underwhelming, but... I think if, if you're looking for feeling exclusive and having a private area and then some something to nosh on and something to drink, I guess it's okay. Have you done a dessert party before? Um, I feel like I have, but I can't remember a specific time. I think I maybe have not. Um, I've, I often like just kind of wait to watch these shows instead instead is, of yeah. like planning a meal for for me it just is like more stress like how we we're talking about earlier it's like oh i have to plan a time to eat <laughs> yes and yeah. spend a bunch of money and then also get early to like get these special seats so i just haven't before so it's just not not really made for me but 
I do like the idea of not having to wait for hours for a new show. So I actually, during this 100th celebration launch, I almost, I actually had it scheduled and I ended up canceling it, but I almost went for the uh, World of Color show to to see it with one of these oh, the uh, dining, dining packages package. because I just didn't want to wait in line forever for it. You know, it was too crazy. Yeah. And I've done it before to where I've skipped over it and I watch it later when it's not as popular. And then they end up cutting pieces of the show out. Oh. So I've learned from my lessons. Yeah, and I just didn't feel like waiting. Um, so I got a dining package. And then my my whole schedule changed around, so I just canceled it. But, but yeah, I think that's, for me, the best part is just like you get to walk in closer to the time of the actual show and you get good seats. So And then a lot of them, like, for, for you – people out there that are like me and don't want to sit on the ground for four hours that's another really big perk right. of these you get a chair a lot of the time and you get to arrive within like a half an hour of the show so uh, that alone is probably reason enough half the time <laughs> but yeah i almost did it let's see for world of color and i should have done it actually i don't know if they were offering it for the fireworks the new wondrous fireworks i don't think they were or else i probably would have done it for that because i waited for hours for that one oh which is worth it because that show's amazing but still i'd say a good tip for people when they're looking at what options are available is to make sure that you see the details of what it gets you because all of those uh ones we just described have different setups like i remember doing a dining package for i want to say phantasmic at probably at both parks i've done it at some point but the dining package just means you eat, right? And you have a prefix meal and then you get to that reserved area. It doesn't mean you're sitting there eating while watching Fantasmic necessarily. And then there's those spots right. where they really do have that. Like I've seen Harmonious at Epcot. They have a dessert party where it literally is right there along the water. And that sounds really right. bougie because you get to have your drinks while you're watching Harmonious. That's pretty cute. Yeah. So Especially with it being dessert for some reason. Yeah. It's just very cute. <laughs> and then quite the opposite. I saw at Tomorrowland Terrace, the dessert party, and it looked really underwhelming. There's no way you have a good view of the Magic Kingdom Castle fireworks in that corner. They keep it's saying weird. you do. And I just, I have to see it with my own eyes. But I yeah. just can't imagine. Whenever we were there, like a, from that angle. a few weeks ago, I I walked through while the dessert party was getting set up, and it just looked, it looked cheap. Like the um the bars that they put out looked really cheap and like temporary. All of it looked like a like a city park birthday party that someone set up, like a family oh. or something. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So check check the well, details. This is in Disney World, right? That was at Disney, Disney World, World, yeah. Yeah. Um, so check the details before you jump into one of those, but there are some really good perks you can get if you find the right one. Oh my God, I just remembered in Space Mountain, or the Launch Bay, not Space Mountain, uh, Launch Bay at Disneyland for a while, they had that upper uh, viewing area. They had that as a special like ticketed thing that you could buy back in the day. They only did it for a little while. And I remember they had a bunch of light-up furniture, and it reminded me of like like a company party like a holiday yeah. party or something do you know what i'm talking yeah. about it was very weird it was like this weird it didn't match disney for some reason it just was weird it's <laughs> very weird uh okay so let's say you want to take the bouginess up another notch for watching the fireworks over in disney world you can do a fireworks cruise 
and you and I have talked about this a couple times, but we just haven't had a large enough group together to go. But you can basically yeah. charter an entire yacht looking thing and have a VIP experience on a boat in one of the lagoons and watch the Magic Kingdom fireworks from your boat. I like this one too because the price is not too bad. Right? Yeah, it is. Like so you get crazy. your own boat, your own driver. They have like snacks and food and drinks and everything on the boat too. And I think it was only like three hundred dollars for your whole group or something. Yeah, like, oh, that's not actually that right. crazy. Yeah, like if you if you max out the group, you split it. It's pretty affordable. Um, and perfect yeah. example of you could. There's all these luxurious things out there that are just lesser known, and you can do it without breaking the bank. Yeah. See, that's always always cool to hear, too. Let's see. What else do we have? So we talked about spa, resort restaurants, club level at the hotel, dining packages. Ah, okay. So special after-hour events. These are really nice, and they at least make me feel a little bit VIP. And there's different versions of these depending on which uh, park you're going to. So Disney World seems to have these after-hour events where... There isn't much of a theme, but it does feel like it's a private event for the park. Not many people there, and you get some free ice cream and things like that. We've gone to one of those, and it definitely felt VIP, especially if you want to run around and not deal with crowds um, and have the park to yourself kind of for three hours or so at night. And then over at Disneyland, where they have the cooler after-hour events, like the one we're going to. So like Throwback Night, Star Wars Night. Uh, Pride Night is coming up. So all of those things are after-hours events. And depending on your state of mind, that to me is also pretty bougie and VIP because, you know, it costs extra. And then you get a lot of really cool things that not everybody gets on a regular day in the park. Very true. So those are some pretty easy ones. And then I wanted to talk about Disney Vacation Club for a second. So DVC has a lot of benefits and perks that sort of elevate the park or the trip or the vacation and makes it feel bougie again. So there are also DVC after our events, which we went to one of those, uh, which is also nice, similar to the other one so we just described. Very fun, very fun. And then uh, DVC also has all of these little activities you could do at the different resorts that you're staying at. Some are free and some are just a small surcharge for like materials. You and I did one where we got to paint on the at the uh, DVC club on top of the contemporary DVC tower. We got to paint on an easel yes. with a canvas. They provided all that stuff. That was really nice and, and relaxing. It was one of those things that it just felt nice because we weren't running around. We were just chilling out. Yeah. Can Do you remember, was that, was there a price on that or was that just included for DVC I, members? I want to say there was a price. It was like $12 or something. Okay. Usually they're, oh, something yeah, they're really low. Yeah. Materials or exactly. something. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it was very cool. You had a beautiful view of the Magic Kingdom and the Bay Lake. And then they also had like snacks out yeah. and drinks out for you to have like while you're in this art class. Like who would think that we're going to go to Disney World and take a break in the middle of the day and go paint the 101 Dalmatians right? up while having <laughs> like the Magic Kingdom in our eye view. You know, it's so cool. There you go. And then with DVC, you also get access to DVC lounges. That to me is very bougie and I love it. I feel like I have to stop in the one at Epcot just to do it, to get my money's worth for being a DVC member. For Doritos member. and some soda yes. midday. It's like your own private, uh, what's it called? Cool. Club Cool, Lounge. but with all the good sodas. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
you can get Powerade. There's yes. there's so many options. And this last trip I was on with my sister, we both went to the soda machine and there's there's tons. There's at least like 15 choices because I think it's freestyle now that I think about it. Coke freestyle. Yeah. And then we both got grape soda of all the things. We both got it separately. <laughs> Anyways, I thought that was funny. That's so weird. Grape soda. <laughs> so yeah, they have all the good stuff there. And, and you know what's interesting about that is that, oh, sorry, oh, no, go, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say, like, now that I'm thinking about it, like, what is so cool about having this lounge? Like, what I think of now is that there isn't really anywhere at all in Disney parks that you feel that you can just have a seat. Right, just rest a like, little bit. Everywhere that there is to sit, it's either like you feel like you shouldn't be sitting there or you should only be sitting there for a certain amount of time. Like if you're eating dinner, you should only have your dinner and then go, yeah. right? Like you don't want to take up tables for much longer or you're sitting on a random bench in front of a ride and you see people just swirling by you. But these lounges are like separate and it's just so chill. We saw a bunch of people like working on their laptops oh, yeah. on there. <laughs> like they're probably doing like work from home or work from Epcot, Love whatever it. it was. Like it's actually a place where you can take a real break yeah. at disney and not feel pressured to like get up and go out that's such right? a good point everywhere everywhere else is not designed for that but we do it there in yeah. that spot whereas this is intentionally designed for a break right um, that is very nice and guess where the newest one is opening at disneyland and tomorrowland and we are also <laughs> going to check out that new dvc lounge very soon Stop it. That's going to happen tonight when you guys are listening to this. We will be that is exciting. going to that new DVC that means lounge now, as long as Mike will have it. Now at both coasts, <laughs> we have a place to kick our feet up and relax. Yes. Love that. Very nice. Um, so if you're a DVC member or thinking about DVC or you know someone that has DVC and you're going with them, make sure you check out the different lounges that they have. Um, another DVC tip that is actually free but still feels bougie AF is going on the DVC tour, <laughs> the sales tour. <laughs> so oh. the sales tour itself, I love. And I, I think there's been some changes to it since COVID. Um, and I don't know if it's as experiential as it used to be, but from what I know of it, they'll pick you up wherever you want. And then when you're done with the tour, they'll drop you off wherever you want. So right there, you just got two private uh, transfers or chauffeurs <laughs> to wherever you're going and whatever park you want to go. And then when you're on the actual sales tour, it is actually a really nice experience. They have tea out and snacks and coffee. And then you sit down with the salesperson in a nice office and you're learning about all the stuff. And then at the end, they take you through an ice cream shop to get a free scoop of ice cream <laughs> and a photo before they drop you off to your desired destination. And again, that's all free Very just cute. to listen to their sales pitch. So... That's bougie. And usually like a gift card in your pocket on the way out. Too. You're right. You're right. Back in those days, too, we got like yep. fast passes and things like that. Yep. Yeah. They used to hook you up to go on those tours. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, uh, and then they finally got gotcha. you. Yeah, true. <laughs> so it was worth it all worked. those scoops of ice cream. It worked. <laughs> uh, the acquisition cost for me was all those ice creams, I guess, and a couple tours and fast passes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I highly recommend that if anyone hasn't taken a DVC tour, I would say they're not very pushy. They're pretty um, chill about it. Like they know you're just trying to take the tour and they're not, uh, what's the word? There's no pressure. I haven't felt pressure, and I've gone like four times on that tour. Right. So, yeah. So that's another way to get a luxury experience without even paying a dime. So that's a good one. Uh, the other thing you I want to say is... making money on getting booze. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> is depending okay Disneyland or Disney World it does vary but we don't usually take cars anymore and so I would highly recommend that it's nice to not have to drive or to park and just to call an Uber when you need somewhere to go because that is supposed to be like your private driver for like 10 minutes so that's another way to sort of feel bougie but also get to the parks a lot quicker than taking um, the resort transportation yeah sometimes that's just the best feeling ever like just pick me up and drop me off at the gates I don't want to deal with any of this other wait time stuff sometimes you'll be there at the buses and it says it's arriving shortly and then it like goes back into rotation for a half an hour you're like it didn't nothing happened it did not come here what the heck um so yeah so you know time is money keep that in mind and like sometimes you can cut a lot of time out by just taking ubers and then it's worth it for the cost totally worth it And one last thing I would say on the list of bougie things to do is we mentioned tours several times, but I didn't mention just the regular tours that anybody can go and purchase uh, at any of the parks. And those feel VIP, especially when they're small groups of like 15 or less. And there's so many tours at all different price points and different lengths of time at different parks. Um, And we've been on a number of them. They have all been pretty good. I would say, what is your favorite tour, Jen, that would make somebody feel special being on i can never not say marceline to the magic kingdom but this hasn't returned since the pandemic so everyone cross your fingers who's listening um this tour took you into the haunted mansion backstage and you got to like go inside the backside of the ballroom if that makes sense to any of you the peppers ghost side of the ballroom while it's running it was just like tearful like i was so happy and it made me feel very special because you don't get to access stuff like that normally right Right. so um you also get to walk around backstage and see a bunch of parade floats and all sorts of cool stuff that um is just like in the parking lot waiting to come out and do its show so very fun marceline to magic kingdom i hope it comes back um yeah any of the uh tours are pretty good experiences some of them for us disney holics we may feel like we didn't really come out of it learning much but I I still think they're really fun like even with that said Um, and some of them you could use just to gain access for instance like the Marceline and Magic Kingdom like all I really remember from that is the Haunted Mansion (laughs) Um, and then there's also a tour I'm forgetting if it's just walking Walt's footsteps or something like that in Disneyland right now it's pretty new and it gives you access into Walt's apartment above the fire, fire station so like you can go see these things nowadays right like they they have access to them. You just have to join the tour. So can also, you know, mark something off your bucket list and have a nice, cool experience in the meantime. So, yeah. And you know what? Yeah. The uh, tours, when they go backstage, there's nothing more VIP than going backstage anywhere, like a concert or something. You just feel so special, right. <laughs> especially when there's looky loose and people are like, what are they doing? How are they going back there? Right. So if that's what you want, if you want that version of vip definitely do one of these guided tours highly recommend i um i just want to add two more things that i thought of while we're going through this that we did not bring up one is if you are a if you're staying at a resort hotel they often have a lot of events which you did talk a little bit about but one specifically that's been popping up all over the place recently at disneyland is that you can do like yoga classes in the park before the park opens which for some reason it looks amazing. Like there's this so image cool. of this woman teaching yoga on the launch pad at like where you are in the queue for Space Mountain. And it's just there's nobody there. 
So like already that's super cool. Um, and that you get to like walk into the park without anybody in it, right? That yeah. alone is super cool. And you get to like go do yoga in Space Mountain or in front of the castle or in California Adventure they do it out in front of the lagoon. So like it's just like kind of cool like way to start your day if you're a morning and or yoga person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those things. Um, I have not done this yet because I am no neither of those, but I am actually curious and I think I will do it at one point. Um and then the other thing we didn't mention is 21 Royal. Oh, yeah. That is ultimate. <laughs> like, I don't think you could feel bougier than 21 Royal. It's an exuberant cost. Um, however, it is a, like, five-hour-long experience. You get to go backstage. You get to go in an area that nobody else gets to go to. You get this amazing meal. Like, all the things. And, yeah, like, take some time to look that one up. If you are if you are into fine dining, wine, and going into places you don't have access to normally in Disneyland, this is made for you. Yeah, so check it's that a great, out. like, milestone <laughs> celebration to get a group together and do. Which also reminded me, our friend of the show went to California, or Grand Californian, and did uh, some sort of exercise on the water. Was it yoga on the swimming pool or something like that? Do you remember this? Yeah, they do yoga in the, yeah, like on mats in the swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, yep. So back to what you're saying, like these resorts have all these unique things that most of us don't even know about. So check those things out. Too. Right, yeah. So check, yeah, check in with your concierge when you get to any hotel and just see if there's anything special going on. Oh, oh shoot, Brandon. Okay, we're coming. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us again and spending some time with us on the Disney Holic show. Absolutely. Happy Welcome to be back. Here. Yes, we're very excited to have you because we have a Patreon topic that they are asking Uh-oh. how to become an Imagineer. And I thought, you know what? We have Trader Brandon as one of friends of the show. Why not <laughs> see if he's available to teach us the, everything he knows? So uh, we wanted to hear a little bit about your history, if you don't mind sharing, um, and then also maybe get some tips and tricks about how to become an Imagineer your, uh, for those who are listening out there. So let's start off with the the groundwork. Like, I just want to hear like from you, did you always know you wanted to be an Imagineer? Like, were you a Disney person going into that? Or did you come in from another uh, hobby in life and and decide that, oh, maybe Disney has something good for me? That is a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I love those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be a long answer, I'm telling you. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I grew up in, in Orlando. So, I mean, I went to the parks all the time. I, I lived at Epcot during the 80s you know wow the, the prime of uh my, one, of my times. Favorite, one, of, one of my favorite jokes ever is when's a good time to visit epcot and you go oh 1988 yeah um <laughs> but uh yeah so i mean i i always loved the parks always loved all that and then when i was young ish i don't remember when how old but i had that big imagineering coffee table book with sorcerer oh. Mickey on, the, on the front the first the first version of it Yes, I have that um, right over there. Yeah, and that kind of <laughs> that kind of blew my mind. But it was actually it was actually before that um, when I realized Imagineering was a thing. Is uh, we were one of the first family. My family and I were one of the first families to buy into Vacation Club back when it was just Old Key West. Wow, we Old Key West. Just, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. But it wasn't Old Key West. It was Disney Vacation Club. That's that all it was called. Line, right. Wow. That's all it was called. Uh, Old Key West <laughs> came later. 
but I think we were, I want to say we were like the first mom, dad, brother, like family to buy in um, to the point where wow. not too long ago, my dad and I had to go get new ID cards and they brought everybody out from the back just because our number is so low, like everybody was freaking wow. out. So <laughs> we've had that forever. And when you would stay there, they used to have the Disney magazine, like on the coffee table when you went in. And I don't even know if you could subscribe to that back then or if it was like, because it was really special. Like I would run it, open the door, run in and grab the Disney magazine. That was wow. on the coffee table. Um, and in one of those issues was an article about Tony Baxter. Mm. And I still have it. And I think I've bought a couple Aww. extras just for posterity. But that was the first time I realized that someone did that, right? That someone made these places, that that was a job, that was a a you know, loosely like a job. career choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that was a, th that was a thing you could do. Right. Yeah. Until then it was like, oh, these magical places just popped up out of the ground and aren't we lucky <laughs> to live near one. Um, so that kind of, that was like, wow, that's really cool that people do that. Uh, yeah. Wait, that's it, really it, interesting. You know, Let's pause there for a second. Yeah. Jen, do you remember like when you realized an Imagineering job was a thing? You know, I can't say that I do, but Tony Baxter was also the first Imagineer that I really learned about. Mm. Um, I think I, I maybe I'm kind of on the same in the same vein as you, where it was like I didn't really think about like, oh, somebody actually can like make this their career and their job is that magical because like jobs never seem to be magical, right? They're always right, like right. jobs. And yeah, it's like, wait, somebody uh, does this as a freeway overpasses, right? Yeah, not <laughs> exactly. A, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, Tony Baxter is definitely the first person that I really delve into. And his story is so cool too, about how he started in the ice cream shop. And oh, yeah. it almost like was one of those like real organic stories too, which is even pretty cool. So that's what interesting. I always thought Imagineering was probably the only magic job in the world. And <laughs> I thought it was only the rides. And I would say it wasn't until maybe just three years ago that I realized it was a whole corporate function and you could still do HR or accounting and still be an Imagineer. So right, that was yeah. mind blowing for me, like the reverse, knowing that we could take our somewhat boring That's jobs and, and go mean, over there and do You mean there's boring jobs within that magical place? <laughs> and, you know, too, I mean, because I was probably, I was probably, let's say 10 when I read that magazine. So, you know, I mean, there wasn't YouTube, there wasn't any of that right. to where you could go, I'm going to go look up what this is and watch old videos of them building Disneyland. Like, nope, you never, you didn't see any of that. So yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of a thing that you're like, wow, that's really cool. And that was the end of it, right? You just moved on to your day, daily thing. And then there was that big coffee table book. So I got that. And then, yeah, it was always, it was always kind of in the foreground of like, oh, that'd be really fun. Um, Originally, I, I always thought the dream was to get into theme park productions, which is the little group at WDI that's responsible for like pre-shows and oh, all the media stuff. Fun. Because I had a film background. I was a child actor and, and you know, did, did all my stuff in movies. So I was like, oh, I can do movies for that. That's cool. Um, and then didn't do any of that. But, uh, but Wait, yeah, stop it, everything. I want to know more about this child <laughs> acting gig. That so you like <laughs> it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long answer. Was it like commercials, movies, TV, all that, all, all that. of it, uh, <laughs> literally all that. I did an episode of all that too. Um, oh my gosh. I love That's Nickelodeon. That's Nickelodeon. I did everything yeah. at Nickelodeon in Orlando. So I was, I was over there in the nineties. We did, uh, I did the very first episode of Gullah Gullah Island, um, Nick news, all that. 
I mean, wow. all, that, all that stuff that they were shooting at, at Universal. I was, I was right there in the heart of all that. And then did stuff over at Disney. I did a um, Illuminations commercial and I did some print stuff. There, um, there's, you know, 11-year-old cool. me in a Disney MGM Studios <laughs> brochure that you could pick up at Denny's. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's always been in my blood. Yeah. You know, theme, theme parks in general have always, always been infused. So yeah, that was that was the that was the department at WDI that I went. Well, at least I know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, didn't end up into that. But no, it, it never was like, oh, that's the dream because it just seemed so unreachable. Yeah, you know, it was just such a special group of crazy people. Um, and then yeah, through through different paths, through different. Uh, courses of of wild events i was making a documentary about indiana jones fans um around the time that crystal skull was coming out and i had a panel at comic con down at san diego and we were interviewing people and and you know doing stuff and and tony showed up and i was like holy crap (laughs) that's tony baxter no pressure yeah no pressure (laughs) at all great uh, and of course, I don't even think I went and talked to him because I was I was too you know too shy. Dumb, struck. <laughs> you know, I made somebody else go do it. Uh, go get his interview; it'll be great, you know. Um, <laughs> but then you know he we sent some emails back and forth, and and uh, and then I met a couple mutual friends of his, and one day was at WDI for lunch and just walking around the you know hollowed grounds that is fourteen oh one Flower, and. Uh, and you know, you just you just take if any it my path is just persistence and you know to the to the on the brink of annoyance. Um <laughs> you know, and I asked, hey, what do you gotta do to work here? This would be great, you know, because not every single person that walks in that building asks that question. <laughs> and and I had the just good luck and fortune and timing and and the the person I was having lunch with was getting ready to go do a new project and he needed somebody to take over his current projects and I knew Photoshop and I knew enough to do that and he kind of went yeah you could do that and (gasps) literally two days later I had a job wow um it was a temporary job it was a it was a temporary assignment we knew that from day one uh you know but that was that was two years of temporary you know having it having a last day on the calendar um but you know at that time I got to know everybody and I got to know the place like the back of my hand and the ins and outs and ups and downs and all that and then when they said all right we're done with that job thanks for everything and I said hey if you ever need anything I'm here you know I've got an ID that lets me in if you have weird (laughs) little jobs let me know you know I'll, I'll come I'll come over and they did, they called me up for, uh, you know, stage managing, uh, which ultimately became the bell meet and greet in New Fantasyland. Oh, well, I did the stage managing on all of those. There were multiples that we tested. Uh, Belle's the only one that survived, but there oh, were different stories and princesses. Different. Yeah. Different experiences. Uh, but Belle survived. Um, so we did, we tested all those and then I do lighting one week and I do, you know, just, I was like, I'll come sweep the model room. I'd be honored, you know, no problem. Um, and then the last time they called was, hey, can you come help the prop department out with some stuff? And I said, yeah, sure, I'll be right over. And then I was there for almost nine years doing props. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So persistence. 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 
on when the you brink were of a, um... persistence on the brink of annoyance. I'm gonna make a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> right. It works. It always it works. works. It works. <laughs> it works. Uh, I wanted to ask you since you were in acting previously that means you must have seen like on sets like the prop master and people doing production design and was that something you noticed back then as a kid it was but I used to hang out with the camera guys I used to hang out with uh the grips and the lighting guys and all that I for whatever makeup a lot of a lot of the makeup guys the special effects makeup and and all of that um I never really hung out with the prop guys I don't know why Uh, but yeah, definitely the special effects makeup. I hung out with them a lot and then learned how to do a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, laying fiberglass is a, is a yeah. job that no one should do. Uh, <laughs> you will itch for it's the dangerous, rest right? of the week. Or... Well, it's dangerous, but it itches. Like if you oh. get fiberglass, it's like insulation in your ceiling. Ew. So it just will, but, but it can cut you and like get under your fingernails, like, you know, That's torture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and not good to breathe. And yeah, it's a whole, yeah. uh, but yeah, so I, I did a lot of that. So yeah, I was always the... the. So you're like drawn to what was happening behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, just creating, you know, just creating stuff. And, and So I'm and looking at a, a photo of you right now. I Googled oh, it with Christina Ricci in the movie oh, Now and Then, which is a uh, huge movie. Oh my gosh, that's, that's my first so movie. Much. Stop. <laughs> so you're so humble about your child acting roots. So <laughs> what was it like that? Like being around not just crew, but, you know, celeb- kids celebrities. There are Yeah, no, it was, it was fun. Uh, that was a great movie. We, we shot that up in Georgia and... Um, a lot was a lot of fun and it's it's one that i still once people figure out oh my oh that was you um because i can see my character name and nobody remembers it but i go remember the kid who picked his nose and everybody (laughs) bobby fricker according to the interwebs that's him that's the man (laughs) um so yeah i you know it's very it's very big with teenage uh young young girls uh i just rewatched that like a couple it's a months great ago. movie it's a <laughs> great movie but yeah it's I have, so good I, you know still have people that come up at universal now and be like wait i heard you were the kid that picked his nose and now and then oh my god i love that <laughs> um that's cool but yeah it was cool because you know christina was just kind of in the in the adam's family and and yeah was coming up you know yeah it's crazy and and uh when we did gods and monsters number of years later was when I first met Brendan Fraser. Wow. And that's a wild story. We're not going to talk about anything Disney today, are we? We're going to talk about everything else. <laughs> it's all entertainment, so it's good. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah, Brendan, Brendan was is is absolutely an amazing person. And everything you see about him online is completely 100% true and accurate. Um, when I shot Gods and Monsters, on the call sheet, everybody else had wrapped. So I was like, oh, I don't get to meet, meet Ian McKellen and I don't get to meet Brendan Fraser who I knew from George of the Jungle you know that was the yeah. biggest thing he had done then. and I was like oh okay well that would have been cool but whatever so I get to set and we're walking around and he comes out of his trailer Brendan comes out of his trailer and introduces himself and and uh proceeds to take me and walk me around the set show me where everything is introduce me to everybody um Aww. you know just a really really great guy and then uh, somebody came up to him and was like, why are you still here? Don't you have a flight tomorrow? Like, what, what's going on? And he's like, yeah, 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 I'm going, I'm leaving. I, you know, and, and he had a great time on that film. So he didn't want, that was his last day. He didn't want it, you know, to leave. Uh-huh. And I said, well, where are you going? And he goes, yeah, I got to fly to Morocco tomorrow. I'm shooting a mummy movie. <gasps> <Yeah>. Wow. 
boom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, holy crap. Um, so that was pretty amazing. And then I, I got to see him uh, a year or so ago. He did a convention in Orlando and he was the only script. He was the only autographed on my script that I didn't have uh, wow. over the years. I've got, I've, you know, picked up everybody ran into him later and, you know, Ian's on there and our director and a lot of the cast that I worked with, but I didn't have Brendan. So I go to this convention and, you know, it's, he's at his table and they're moving, you know, they're hustling picture, you know, and you don't get to go, here's my picture, Mr. Fraser, uh, please sign, you know, it's just, (laughs) it seems intimidating those kind of, well, it's just, (laughs) you know, so it's like, put your name on a post-it, put it on that and it moves down the conveyor belt. Let's go, you know, and I'm going, can you, please be careful with my script that I've had for 20 some years. That is my original shooting script signed by everyone that would. Uh, so it works its way down the belt is, you know, in, in the middle of Rick O'Connell pictures and George of the jungle pictures and, you know, all the, all the standard doom patrol and all the standard stuff. And he gets it and he just freezes and he just, you know, has, has this moment. And I said, it's taken me 20 years to find you to get you to sign <laughs> my script and he and and he got you know very heavily emotional uh Aww. as he does so frequently and he starts and i said yeah i was i was you know I, telling my character and all that and he, he starts quoting my lines to me oh my wow. god like we shot it yesterday wow wow and and yeah we uh you know we we shared a nice nice moment and uh and yeah, he he grabbed me by the by the side of my head, and he goes, "Well, we're still here, man." Oh, he you know, and and but yeah, I mean, he's he's absolutely the best. Oh, I'm so best, glad you shared that person. because we're all rooting for him, and to, and to know it's so authentic. Oh, and it's so it's, it's so wonderful. nice that he's back and that he's yeah. working, and you know, Academy Award winning, Academy Award winning, yep. Academy Award winning star of Encino Man. Yeah. I was uh, I was just gonna say we have not mentioned Man. Encino Man yet. He was like one of my Great first movie. crushes. Like <laughs> I was in love with Brendan Fraser and Encino a good Man. Movie. That was yeah. a good no, movie. but yeah, he's he's just the best. Yeah, he's the best. You know what this is also making me realize now that we're talking about film is that that was what we really saw a lot of like the behind the scenes and like how to make films. And like, we're, that was kind of like what was out there, not like how to make theme parks. Yeah. Right. Like we really saw a lot of Hollywood going on, but we didn't see a lot of theme park stuff going on. We still don't really see too much of it except for, unless you're like us and, Disney holics and you look yeah. for it, right? So Disney well, Plus, like, they finally had like the imaginary yeah, behind story the attractions back. and whatnot. A little bit, a little bit here and there, and and even then, you know, think back too that like you didn't have a clue what was happening in like Tokyo or Euro oh, Disney. Oh yeah, like you it didn't was have a mystery clue. to me. There was yeah. one page in the back of <laughs> Disney Magazine in every issue that told you what was happening around the globe without any pictures. It was just like, hey, we're putting in an Indiana Jones roller coaster in Paris, and you were like. Why? Why what? do I just right. know? What? But like, and then you hear it goes it. backwards, and you're like, "Oh, I'm just going." And you go crazy. But you know, yeah, there was no YouTube. There was no nothing. So it's like, yeah, to not to not be exposed to any of that was was you know, especially looking back at it now. Like I said, you can go to watch YouTube and watch them build Disneyland. You know, yeah, almost I've in, been watching almost a... in lifetime. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there's so I've much. Been a addicted to these weekly updates that this group is doing of Universal's Epic Universe. And to be able to see a literal theme park come to life from from ground zero. I'm like watching that, looking at every single detail. Very cool. It's, inter- it's interesting too, because 
if if I if I put my my I'm not working on that project hat on um, <laughs> stuff like that baffles me because I go don't you want to be surprised like yeah, don't you want to show up to a new theme park you know what's so funny and not know what's in it like I will say there's a point where I usually drop off. Okay. When I'm following the construction, like once it gets too close to showing interiors and fully painted sure. things, like I, I think I did that with watching Mario Land get built out in Hollywood. There was one point where I was like, all right, I don't need to keep looking. I'll just wait till I show up. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy because, I mean, you know, I remember when we did Pandora and they were like, we're going to build a bridge that annual pass holders and come out on site and watch it be built. And we were like, one, that's a terrible idea. Uh, <laughs> They should never see construction workers because we we don't care. We're getting the job done, you know. Um, two, that's a safety issue. Uh, but I was like, don't you want to be surprised when the wall goes down and not know what's behind it? You know, I mean, so, it's so hard to get, like, when my daughter was born, we didn't know what she was going to be. Oh, you wanted a surprise. The big reveal. My wife yeah. and I were like, there's so little surprises in the world. Why, why ruin this? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like there are two like very two different personalities out there for what they enjoy. And Mike and sure. I are exact opposites in this one thing. I'm the type of person I've been avoiding as many spoilers about Super Mario World as I possibly can. And then Mike's been watching all the videos and it's just like it works differently for the two of us. And and that's just fine. But um, once I have seen it with my own eyes, I then will like full on sure. into figuring everything and, out. Yeah. yeah. And then there's oh, also, that's always fun. Yeah. Yeah, there's also another level of um, of people too that they feel that seeing behind the scenes ruins the magic. I've heard that that word a million times. Like, don't you think that would ruin the magic? Like, absolutely not. In fact, it like heightens it for me. Is like to see yeah. how it works. So there's just so many different pe- like ways to look at and enjoy things. It just it makes it all the more fun, right? Because it can involve so many more people in oh, like sure. whatever way you enjoy it's always it. it's always tricky for me because i've been lucky to work on <clears throat> stuff that i really love and right. people go oh what's it like you know walking into trader sam's and i go i don't know because i built it right <laughs> right like i don't know what it feels like to walk in here i think about so that like, sometimes there's too. a little there's a little sadness in it of like <laughs> You know, no, while it absolutely. Was an amazing thing to build. You go, I don't get to enjoy it from that point of view. I can, I can right. still go in there and enjoy the hell out of it, no problem. But like, I don't get to walk in there for the first time and you know have my mind blown. And yeah. the project I'm on now, like, I don't, I don't get. To Has do there it. been a project that you haven't worked on where you had that experience in in whatever the brand of the park is? Recently. Or just in any time, yeah, anytime. Well, I mean, you know, think think of I remember when I first went to Disneyland, 95, 96 ish. Um, you know, and you walk into Indiana Jones for the first time. Oh yeah. Just the queue is enough for me. I I mean, you know, (laughs) my mind was yeah, it's just mind-boggling. Um, and again, no YouTube, no any of that so you didn't know you didn't know what you were gonna see when you turned the corner yeah. and it's just like my god you know it's just oh, so, that's it's such just a good so example because that was one of the first times where I both was amazed like you were saying but I was both intrigued because people kept telling me that the show building was in the parking lot and then that's when I started realizing that there is an operation behind yeah, wait, this what? And, yeah. yeah like you can't literally just build it in Adventureland like I thought in my mind 
Uh, it's like yeah, it's just in that temple example. right there, right? Yeah, <laughs> just a very little. It's uh, <laughs> the spike room, I believe, is where the train track is above you. Oh, oh yeah, because you're going kind of down before that, like yeah, gradually. Got to get right? under the tracks. Under so the you get, uh, I want to say it's spike room, um, and then everything else. Yeah, you're out in the parking lot. That's crazy. That's one of the greatest designed attractions ever. You know, like I was should, should not work. I, <laughs> I was just thinking about it right now, and I was like, man, if that ride opened today, I think I would still be like mind blown by it. Like it, it doesn't seem dated or anything. It's oh, it's no it's so ahead of its time. The crazy thing is, 90s, I don't think it would like, open today. Oh, <laughs> like we're about to lose. We're about to lose Poseidon's Fury at universe oh i heard about that i haven't even been able to walk through it before ever it's amazing it's amazing and it's amazing because that'll never be built again mm. you know traction like that no one would walk into a room and pitch no one would let you build like no one would let you do it so i love it and i'm so sad that it's going away but i'm sad that it's going away because we'll never see anything like that again right yeah like, i mean at least not anytime soon Huh, I don't think I went on that one either. Now I'm like, oh, nobody does. That's the crazy thing. It's, it's kind of like, just on the side. Everybody goes on it. Yeah. Uh, which is one of the reasons it's closing. And, uh, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's mind blowing. Darn it. I need to go. It closes like in May. May 9th. Shoot. I also like have been to Universal of Orlando. Like, book your, book your plane we usually down. run right past it to go to Hogwarts. It's like right before Maybe. you get to Hogwarts. Yeah. Thanks, because you're the reason it's closed. Yeah, I'm the oh, reason. no. It's me. Hi, I'm the reason it's me. Thanks. The whole two times I've been to the park. <laughs> and I've been to the amazing restaurant that's like, I think it's on the other side of it. I've never done that. I got to go oh, do that. Yeah, yeah that I got to go do that really too. Good. So let's pull back. What are we talking to, about? Are we talking right? about anything on topic, or are we just we just spitballing here? What are we talking about? Um, I wanted to see if you would actually share, and I don't know if you can or not, but what your very first project was that you got you like talked your way into. Your persistence got you into. Sam's would have been was it for oh that? Um, Crazy. My very first pro what was my very first thing I did Imagineering. I printed all of the storybooks in Sleeping Beauty Castle. Oh, wow. Which is, That's which is easy, cool. you know, which is not That's a big deal. That's so cool. Uh, That's I cool. didn't do the artwork. I didn't make, but like I printed them on the paper. Went, the fancy yeah, paper. And here you go. Put that in the Every castle. team so member cool. is important. Yes. Yeah, so that was cool. Uh, and that was a Tony, you know, project. So that was cool. But no, Sam's is the first one that really was like the persistence of, of brink of annoyance. Um, <laughs> I had been there maybe two or three weeks, um, doing random little prop things. Uh, I did a kiosk, a vacation club kiosk in Tokyo, Disney Adventureland and one in Disney sea. Um, and that was about it prop wise that I had done. And one day on the parks blog, they announced they're building a jungle cruise bar at the Disneyland hotel. And I printed it out ran over to my boss's office and said, Hey, I, I gotta, I gotta do this. Let me do this. I'll do this. Right. This will be great. I'll yeah. do it. Um, cause I had worked jungle for about a year and a half, yeah. uh, at Disneyland. So I knew jungle, I knew adventure land. I knew the, the, the vibe, the feel yeah. that you wanted. And he goes, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. And I'm like, why? Come on. He's like, you've been here two weeks, like calm down. <laughs> we bring you the project you will do you don't right. get to pick you know and i said 
but I, but I can do this really good. Um, and he goes, well, he goes, here's your, here's what, here's the problems you're going to face. He goes, one, it's the Anaheim team, which is separated from Glendale. Uh, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a small Anaheim based project, right? And they have a team down there of fine people. Okay, great. Two, he goes, it's at the hotel, which is then removed from the Anaheim team. Oh <laughs> so he was gosh. like listing all the little things of like, you're not, no, we don't do that. We do the big, the big new attractions and the big new thing. And I was right. like, yeah, I, I get, all right, I get it. But just, can you try to get me a meeting or something? Like, who do I need to talk to? So we did. Uh, and I remember going into that meeting and the rendering they showed of the bar. I went, yeah, that's not right. Like in the meeting, I remember going, yeah, that, that's not, that's not, no, no. Mm -mm. That's, not that's not, that's not right. Like too clean, too regular. What was, I remember vividly and it's, it feels like a fever dream, but I remember vividly a piece of art that was white walls with four tiki masks on it. Oh, mm. oh, okay. And that was it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Because the, <laughs> the overlay, the update of the hotel was mid-century, modern, clean, sleek, hip, you know, and that was right. it. So, okay, that's fine for that. But what you've put online is a Jungle Cruise themed. Yeah. In, insanity. People want to be immersed chaos, in it. Yeah. Immersive. Right. You know, we fought that fight too of how much, immer you know, where does the immersion start? Because it's not in the park. It's at the hotel. Yeah. Right. So, you know, there is no immersion outside the doors once you go in. Okay. But, you know, so that was an that was a, a challenge. Um, but yeah, so I took the renderings. I took the elevations and, and did what I envisioned uh, the bar would be. And then ultimately that's what we built. Um, you can see some of those renderings online. I think they, they finally got out. They put them up in like the blue sky cellar once. And I walked in, I was like, Oh, oh I, didn't, I didn't really plan on anybody publicly seeing these. They're not that good. <laughs> you know? uh, but yeah, that was, so that was the one. And then I, you know, I, the entire nine years at WDI in some way, shape or form, I was working on Sam's, whether it was with writing for the menus and naming the drinks and making sure blog posts were accurate and designing and building a second one in Orlando. And I mean, it was, it was, yeah, Sam's became my whole, uh, my whole, my whole time. <laughs> wow. That's so fun. I love that. It's, it's an attraction that's so like living and breathing constantly. You can like update so easily and change and like, yeah, some people won't even notice without, and all the other attraction people with alcohol yeah. exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's not yeah. like hey it was the first attraction with alcohol right at disneyland probably well yeah, yeah probably hopefully <laughs> i guess it's at maybe club 33 if you consider yeah, well, that an attraction but <laughs> that's easy yeah brandon so i'm curious cool. since you've been um you know around and you've seen universal and disney and how people do things why do you think a lot of the fans including myself think universal is just much quicker with green lighting and constructing is that just something we think or is it true i think that's just the perception right yeah we do everything sometimes even more intense than we used to do at wdi wow um, you know there's things that i go why why is that not done and they'll go oh well we needed to send it to this department of this that and i'm like my God, I would have had it built at WDI by now. Why, what are we waiting on? You know? Interesting. Um, so yeah, I think that's just the perception. I think 
I think it has a lot to do with the fact that Universal doesn't announce things before they're ready. I right. was just going to say, I, I wonder like if I they like aren't it. telling people ahead of time. You know, we'll <laughs> we'll build an entire roller coaster before we even yeah. announce we're doing it. Yeah, Velocicoaster uh, didn't have an announcement. Till people were just watching this thing go up. Yeah, what are they building? And it was I actually think... just as fun fan speculating as it was if oh, we sure. had the announcement, right? Sure, yeah, sure. But you know, what's the what what purpose does it serve to announce it and then push the date and then push the date, right? Push the date, and you know, not that I'm yeah. looking at any particular ride in particular. Tron, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's a it's a. I think it's just a perception of of, well, you know, and two Disney people hate Universal. It's you know, it's a thing. I don't know why. Um, I love you both know, equally. I, okay, <laughs> I laugh. I laugh. Yeah, I mean, they're all you know, they all help. They both help each other out. You know, yeah. if you get if you get anything nice at Disney, it's because we're building Epic Universe. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been <laughs> waiting. I'm like, where's these announcements? Come on, yeah, Bob. Oh, that Bob uh, Iger 18 billion drop or whatever it was. Yeah, like, whatever oh, that's that Epic Universe. That Finally. Yeah, you're welcome. See? <laughs> right. um, so, yeah, no, it's all it's all perception. But I think it has a lot to do with timing. And, and uh, you know, I mean, we haven't announced what lands we're putting into Epic with the exception of Mario. Um, I don't, last I heard, I don't think we plan on anytime soon. Uh, nice. You know, when, when meanwhile, you can uh, go online and see pictures of us building everything, which is, yeah. which is crazy. But uh, yeah, yeah. The other thing that's interesting about Universal and Disney, because we were talking about filmmaking earlier, is Jen and I talked about missing the studios feel of both Universal Studios and Hollywood Studios. Sure, it doesn't sure. feel like learning about behind the scenes anymore. What do you think about that? I miss that. Uh, I mean, I have a soft spot for that, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, and I and it and it definitely shaped who I am and became and and did all of that. Um, you know, I'm still ridiculously bitter that the great movie ride is gone. Um, that is that, and I think that one hit really hard because it's like it's the first big one that had an impact on my life that I'm mm. old enough to realize you took that away from us like, <laughs> yeah. uh, all the Epcot stuff that's gone I was like I was living in California I wasn't even here like whatever but like great movie ride you're like there's a special place in hell yeah um because <laughs> yeah I mean that that whole ride made me want to make movies and and you know that montage at the end of going yeah yeah that's what it's, that's what it's about um even to the point where I, I went to the Academy Museum in LA and I was like they didn't nail it great movie ride nails it better than that there's no <laughs> there's no magic of movie making yeah like that, you know wow um so yeah it, i i like that you know the streets of america where the osborne lights used to be was so great and you know all the back lot my favorite my favorite spot in all of universal is sting alley um across from the mummy there that little alleyway because it's just so amazingly it looks perfect. so real like a full-on set you could just, just film perfect. right there yeah yeah and they do all the time oh really um, I didn't know that. That's cool. Oh yeah. Well, you go back and look at a lot of a lot of movies uh, in the early '90s. Um, Matinee does it a lot uh, with John Goodman. Matinee, oh. you can go through there and go. That's across from the Mummy. That's now a Ben and Jerry's. Like they filmed that whole movie <laughs> in that part. Wow, that's so great. It's great. really cool. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of universe. You know, and they still use it for commercials, and you know, not as much as they do Hollywood, obviously, but they still they still do stuff here. But yeah, no, it's that's that's a hard one too, and and you know, a lot of a lot of 
executives nowadays. I don't think, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if the, not even the executives, but I don't know if the everyday guest cares as much anymore about that. Right. Yeah. When they, you know, cause the immersive experiences are so powerful that it's right. It's hard to realize hard you're to, missing something. It's hard something. to sell a behind the scenes experience. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that's, that's tough. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is a Patreon topic today about Imagineers. So that's why we have you on. And people want to know, what are your tips <laughs> they're, for they're somebody? Going, why are you talking about Universal? <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't want to listen to this. Yeah. No, this is all good stuff. But we want to know, how do you get into it? So you mentioned things like persistence. How does the average person start? Like, is it going to the website? What what advice yeah, do you give? I mean, nowadays, I mean, I think it's, you know, the, 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 nor the correct path uh, is, yeah, either, you know, Disney jobs or universal jobs, and you just hit the Imagineering or the creative uh, tabs there to find those jobs. And like you said, you don't have to design, be a crazy astrophysicist engineer to, you know, work there. You can be an HR person. You can be a writer. You can be a, a accountant, you know, estimating. You can do, you know, they need interior designer. I mean, you can do, you know, any job in the world uh, with the exception of like doctor. Uh, you can do at one of those companies, you know, lawyers, you can work in Imagineering. We have a legal team, you know, we have a great legal team at Universal that I deal with every day, you know, and, and that's just what they do. So yeah, it's, it's looking at the websites and keeping, keeping an eye on those and, and just, you know, I, I used to apply for everything and just to, just so they keep seeing my name, you know, persistence uh, okay. again, maybe persistence. that yeah. is really the, yeah. the best key. Yeah on the brink of annoyance don't be annoying there you go That's don't be trick. annoying don't but just, be annoying yeah but you gotta you gotta get like right there yeah get that face from people like a huh yeah, not a, like a uh this guy again <laughs> yeah you know it's the uh, I, when when tony um got hired at wdi he took his uh he had built this giant wooden uh rube goldberg machine that he could put marbles in and it would go and go and go and it was Bob Gurr who actually went, Jesus, just hire the kid or we're never going to, he's never, he's not going to stop coming over. Like just hiring. He might as, oh he might as well work for us if he's going to be here all the time. You know? Right. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I also have heard uh, just over time from different people that one thing that you can do at Disney is it really is helpful to just be in Disney and like look internally as well. So like, let's say you couldn't find a creative job that fit what you would enjoy right away, maybe joining in for something else that you have talent in and then being able to find internal recs while you're in there. Is that a good tip also, or is that not really how it feels? It is, but you, you gotta, you know, you gotta be careful. You don't want to get hired for, uh, you don't want to get hired for something and then a week later, just go, oh, I'm going to go do this now. Bye. You know, I mean, like you don't right. want to burn. You don't want to burn all your britches. That's that's for sure. True. But, yeah. Do um, your do your, your yeah. That would be like a long game. Like I would get a job yeah. at ESPN yeah. for a year and then go to the Imagineering after. Right. <laughs> yeah, okay. and you know you want to make sure you're not. Well, I I joined in for legal, but now I want to do props, and they'd be like, "What? No. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Like that's no. We're not going to pay you like that to do props. Yeah." That's how kind of how I felt about what Tony Baxter's story was. Like they just kind of saw his talent outside of like because he was doing the persistence thing and he was scooping ice cream in the meantime. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um I was wondering maybe that worked back then, but not so much nowadays. I'm not not sure. I wish there was a method to the madness. Yeah. <laughs> I wish there was a 
I wish there was a copy and paste. This is how you do it, but there's not. I mean, yeah, really yeah. Um, yeah, and and I feel like it's you know it changes every day. Like I feel like it it changed while I was there. You'd be like, oh well, that would work. That I'd I'd hire that guy. You know, and it just yeah, just it changes all the time with who's there and if people right. are if people are threatened by you. You know, that's <laughs> what, right. <laughs> So I guess maybe building up your portfolio, having something ready, and then start knocking on some doors and applying for some creative jobs. And it's just getting really... to know. It's getting to know people and yeah, and, you know, and, networking and genuine and genuinely. You know, right. not just like oh, I'm hoping you can help me get a job. You know, um, you know, genuinely getting to know people and and networking that way. That hopefully one day they go, oh hey I know hey I know who we can hire. We call let's call call Brandon for that. You know, right. I mean, that's really what it, oh, what that's, it comes down yeah. to. That's awesome. So that's even, good. even with, even with, uh, Epic, um, you know, we, we all got laid off for COVID when we paused the project and about a year or so laid off and I was applying for other stuff and was, wasn't getting anything, you know, at other mm. parks, other, I mean, literally getting nothing. And it came to the point where I was talking with my wife and said, maybe I'm done with theme parks I'm like maybe that that chapter's you know I've done it for 15 years now like maybe we're yeah. just it's done that's yeah. okay you know no no problem but I'm like I'm not getting anything I'm not getting responses I'm not getting nothing um and thankfully someone that I knew from when we did Beijing never worked with him but knew him uh he called messaged me on LinkedIn one day and was like hey can we talk real quick and he goes hey I'm now the pro the producer on the project that you were on on epic oh. and we're we're getting ready to ramp up again do you want to come back so it wasn't an hr call it wasn't an applying it was just hey i'm seeing your name every day on all yeah. this paperwork that you did right you know when we were going before do you want to come back and i was like yeah absolutely so that's great yeah on on top of persistence on the brink of annoyance it's just you know being genuine and nice and you know making those relationships but but genuinely not yeah. not oh i want to get this job so i can climb the you know it's like right you'll climb the ladder when you climb the ladder yeah. calm down you know people can <laughs> people can read right through that stuff i mean honestly yeah it's true um, it's they can true. see right through it i mean you're not fooling anybody right yeah i mean you know i'm i'm re i'm excited to do the next roll up just because i've literally been a prop guy for 15 years you know i've mm -hmm. i've paid i've done that I've, I've marched, yeah. I've marched yeah. through the mud. I've pulled right. wagons up hills full of, you know, giant heavy props for 15 years. So it's like, you can't show up and think you're just, I'm going to be the next yeah. CEO. Okay. Right. Good luck, I guess. I don't know. I mean, maybe <laughs> well, I'm some so people glad it works it, for, but. I'm glad it worked out and you ended up back in theme parks. I mean, the yeah. amount of self-reflection we all did during that COVID period. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people could relate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I stayed busy. I wrote a couple books. I, I started my online store. I, you know, I stayed occupied, no problem. But I mean, you know, professionally, it was like, maybe we're done. Right. What's next? You right. know, which is, I was in acting and, and movies for 15 years, parks for 15 years. So I was like, maybe that's my, maybe that's my limit. Maybe 15 years is where right. I tap out and find the new thing, you know? Um, but thankfully it's not because I get out. I got work to finish over here. And thankfully for all theme park fans, Epic picked back up. I, there was a period where we were just like, okay, maybe the pandemic's going to be forever and we'll never see this theme park ever. 
but no, I'm pretty sure you guys knew that it would still keep going. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't want to even say we did. Um, <laughs> that was a that was a it was a dark it was a dark day uh, when they paused that, and um, I remember you know very vividly because you know you deal with a lot of execs over your career, you know, yeah. and a lot of them are good, and a lot of them are okay, whatever. Um, but no, I'll I'll never I'll never forget Mark Woodbury and and some of our others uh, making that phone call, and you could genuinely hear in their voice that they were crushed. Wow, you know, they knew what Oof. it meant. They knew this. Yeah. It wasn't just another exec phone call. Like this, this was a this was a hard one. So I mean, Aww. you could you could hear it. You could hear the cracking uh, in their voice. You know, telling wow. everyone that hey, you're out of work. We're done. You know, we're shutting the doors. Uh, hopefully we'll call you back but yeah yeah that was that was rough that was rough crazy well brandon we have plenty more that we want to talk to you about especially after some of the stuff we uncovered today nothing disney (laughs) ah no we talked about plenty disney i love it um but uh i do want to have you back on the show at a later date if you will join us again um to hear a little bit more about your adventures in disney and universal we can go whichever way (laughs) In entertainment. Pro- probably more so Disney yes. right now. Yeah, I can't <laughs> right. talk about too much universal stuff, but uh, I can talk about Beijing a little bit, I guess. But yeah, as far as Epic's concerned. You can oh yeah, what wait. is Beijing? Uh, we universal? Built a park, yeah, Universal Beijing. It's, oh, it's I didn't know the there was one in Beijing. It's the biggest park we built. Uh, yeah, it just opened not too long ago. And oh. uh, it's absolutely beautiful and amazing. Ooh, and massive cool. and, and crazy. And uh, yeah, it's a beast. It's a beast of a wow. park. It's, oh my gosh. It's really now cool. I have another stop to do. When we go over yeah. to Shanghai, we have to like hop over to Beijing now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's a it's a heck of a park. Excellent. Wow. Well, we're gonna wrap up this interview, but thank you so much once again. And yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Love yeah, your we stories. Will be talking to you soon. Yes, so much. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Brandon. Thanks, everybody. That was amazing. Yes, I can't wait to have Brandon back on. I have 10,000 more questions to ask him. Not even just Disney. More than ever. Just everything in his life about entertainment. Uh, But yeah, what a great, fun show. Thanks to our Patreon members. We had really cool topics. We talked about how to become an Imagineer and then some with Brandon. And then we talked about the bougie Disney trip advice and details earlier. And then, of course, earlier in the the episode i had to tell you about mario brothers out shining disney we got to figure out what's going on there what's going on well thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoyed episode 133 of the disney holics show follow us on social media at the disney holics and if you'd like to get in touch with us send us a message on instagram or an email at fanmail at disneyholics.com goodbye to be a big dreamer when everything's going your way what do you do when the sky goes from blue to cloudy and gloomy and gray the road can be rough for a dreamer you have to be brave to get through when faced with a dragon just get his tail wagon and that's how your dreams can come true a brave little spark
Disneyland. 